Hi, this is Steve Nellick from Cheap Astronomy. Why, 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 why Cheap Astronomy? Yeah, why? And this is Dear Cheap Astronomy, Episode 76, Cosmology Conundrums. Here at Cheap Astronomy, we do tend to take cheap shots at anyone who thinks they've got all the answers about what the universe is and how it works. Of course, we do have some good evidence-based models that may evolve or go extinct as we move forward. So, let's move forward. Dear Cheap Astronomy, what exactly is vacuum energy? To paraphrase various physicists and science communicators over the last few decades, anyone who thinks that a vacuum is nothing just doesn't get it. At the same time, though, anyone who thinks they do understand what a vacuum is doesn't get it either. What we think we know about a vacuum is that it's part of the space-time continuum, and when a region of vacuum is isolated from significant gravitational influences, it will start expanding, and apparently that expansion will accelerate over time. A vacuum also has a quantum side to it, where the whole idea of vacuum energy is a quantum physics concept. A system at its least possible energy state can be said to have zero-point energy. But that doesn't mean the system has no energy. There will be an inherent fluctuation in its zero-point energy, which arises from Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Although there is some debate about this. It's specifically the Heisenberg uncertainty about the complementary variables time and energy, where the longer you measure a system, the more reliability you gain about how much energy it has. This means that if you only measure a system's energy for a fleeting moment, you may well see random energy fluctuations popping out of nowhere. But if you keep on measuring the system for a long time, you might find your energy measurements do start approaching zero. So you might reasonably conclude that zero is a more reliable measurement of the system's energy, even if you can never absolutely conclude that it's zero. As with many things in quantum theory, it's all a matter of interpretation. You could say that time energy uncertainty predicts that vacuum energy exists, or you could say it just makes vacuum energy a possibility. And it's a possibility that gets smaller and smaller the longer you keep on looking for it. Anyhow, whether or not it exists, vacuum energy is often conceptualised as two polarised particles appearing out of nowhere and then annihilating each other so they disappear an instant later. Unless, of course, they appear out of nowhere next to a black hole's event horizon and one goes into the black hole and the other one doesn't, that other one then becoming a real persistent energy particle that contributes to that black hole's Hawking radiation. Vacuum energy is also thought to be what underlies the Casimir effect, where two large metal plates positioned parallel to each other and in very close proximity get pushed towards each other allegedly because the narrow space between them constrains the number of possible vacuum energy states 
while outside the plates, the number of states is unrestrained. The Casimir effect is a real measurable phenomenon, but there's ongoing debate about what causes it, so it might not be clinching proof that vacuum energy exists. Of course, the expansion of the universe seems like just the thing you could expect to happen if there is vacuum energy. As we noted earlier, in the absence of substantial mass-energy gravitation, a vacuum will expand. This is a real measurable phenomenon, and it's an expansion that accelerates over time. That seems a compelling reason to think the vacuum itself must be the source of whatever is driving the expansion. But quantum physics predicts that vacuum energy, when measured on a cosmic scale, would be orders of magnitude larger than the cosmological constant, which is now more commonly referred to as the cosmological parameter, or just dark energy, since it's clearly not a constant, given the universe's expansion is accelerating. So, whatever the cosmological parameter slash dark energy is, it may not be the vacuum energy predicted in quantum physics. Indeed, as we like to say here at Cheap Astronomy, the only thing about dark energy you can be sure of is that it's not energy. Since it is apparently both created and then destroyed, it does its work of expansion with 100% efficiency, and it works that effect on the 3K Kelvin coldness of empty space without the faintest hint of a temperature rise. So if dark energy does breach all the laws of thermodynamics, we shouldn't really call it energy. It's just something. It's probably not vacuum energy, but it's probably not something totally inexplicable either. It's just something that we are yet to explain or understand. This is the middle bit. So yes, give cheap astronomy any opportunity to bang on about dark energy, and that's what we'll do. It's not that we've got a better answer, we're just saying dark energy is a placeholder. It's not meant to be an answer in itself. That said, there are some folks who think they do have an answer, even if it's a somewhat dodgy one. Dear Cheap Astronomy, What do you make of massive gravity? As we've previously discussed on Cheap Astronomy, there are a lot of people out there who want to muck about with general relativity. After all, it is fantastic physics and a genuine theory that has been tested time and again, and it keeps on passing those tests. But with all that success, you get people who will tell you that if you just tweak this one little part of general relativity, then their theory will work brilliantly. It's not unreasonable to suggest that 90% of the people who make such claims are cranks. But the other 10% are a bit more careful with their language and do reasonably point out there are areas of reality that general relativity just doesn't cover. Notably, the physics of the fundamentally small where quantum physics reigns. Some also say that general relativity can't tell you what happens in a black hole, but then neither can quantum physics really, despite what many quantum physicists may tell you. To its credit, general relativity did at least predict the existence of black holes, and it did so well ahead of anyone actually finding one. Anyway, 
massive gravity deals with a different sort of known unknown. That is, the accelerating expansion of the universe. This is the realm of dark energy, which, as we like to say here at Cheap Astronomy, might be dark, but it's probably not energy. The origin of massive gravity lies way back in the 1930s, well before dark energy was a thing, where people used to sit around in European street-side cafes discussing the fundamentals of reality as well as complaining about the Nazis. Bloody Nazis. And during this period, Wolfgang Pauli and Marcus Fiers proposed the startling idea that gravitons might have mass. So, firstly, gravitons themselves are largely hypothetical, proposed to be the force carriers of gravity in the same way that photons are the force carriers of electromagnetism. We're yet to gain any definitive evidence of their existence, but if gravitons do exist, they are assumed to be massless, and hence, like photons, move at the speed of light in a vacuum. And even not in a vacuum. But if we instead assume gravitons have mass, then they might start struggling to mediate the force of gravity over very long distances. It's allegedly this effect that accounts for the accelerating nature of the universe's expansion, as though over long distances, mass-handicapped gravitons can't quite manage to mediate the force of gravity all the way out to the universe's distant peripheries before those peripheries have started slipping away from them. But it's not immediately clear why this is a better explanation than what conventional cosmology offers. From observations of the expansion velocity of close and distant objects, we think that for a very long time, the universe's expansion didn't accelerate. The acceleration only kicked in when the universe was about 8 billion years old, presumably because its declining mass-energy density couldn't inhibit the universe's expansion as much as it had in earlier times. So, both conventional cosmology and massive gravity end up saying pretty much the same thing. As the universe gets bigger, it's going to expand faster. That then begs the question of why you need such an unconventional explanation as massive gravity. Furthermore, massive gravity's claim that it doesn't need dark energy to explain the universe's behaviour fails to deal with a much more fundamental issue. That is, why the heck the universe is expanding in the first place? Conventional cosmology says that dark energy was there from the start. It just took a few billion years for the universe's density to diminish enough so that it could really take off. Massive gravity's position seems to be that, well, everyone knows the universe expands, so let's not dwell on that. Let's just talk about why it accelerates. Both Newton's and Einstein's gravitational theories are universal. So whatever happens here, happens everywhere. But massive gravity says that what happens here does not happen in the same way at very long distances away, because gravitons struggle to get out there in a timely fashion. So, we're not dismissing the idea out of hand, we're just saying that if things do happen differently way out there, then we should be able to observe and measure that. And can we? Well, not so far. This is the end bit.
So, there you go. Cosmology is full of conundrums, but perhaps some are more plausible than others. We are pretty confident now that the universe's expansion is accelerating over time, but we don't really know why, and nor do we know how. But that's it for another episode of Dear Cheap Astronomy. If you've got a space science question, or you just want to create some energy out of nowhere, why not write to cheapastro at gmail.com and we'll expand on that for you. Thanks for listening. Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy.